Welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. And welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Feel free to join me in conversation one 669 1292 is the number to call. It's one 669 1292 be more than happy to talk to you on the air. And uh, when you call in, we could talk about the topic at hand, talk about whatever you want. I'm, uh, I'm open to everything. I, I like talking to you, so if you want to talk about what I'm talking about, that's good. If you want to talk about something else, that's fine too. Whatever you want to talk about. one 669 1292 so um, we just, we just, just, just finished the Jewish commemoration of Tisha B'Av, the tenth of Av, the Jewish month of Av. That is a, is a fast day. We fast to commemorate the destruction of both uh, holy temples in Jerusalem. Ironically, during the uh, during the fast, rockets were falling into Israel. Israel was yet again under attack from terrorists in Gaza. Now, I know, I know, um, many of the media want to call them militants, but uh, no, let's call them what they are. On this show, we always call people what they are, and they're called terrorists. And, uh, and, and that's who's launching bombs into, into Israel. You see, if it was a military fight, I would say soldiers, I would say militants, soldiers, these are, these are the people. But it's not a military fight. This is not a military fight. Let's, let's get that straight. Let's, let's, get, let's understand. It's not a military fight. When it's a military fight, the targets are military targets. So Israel is involved in a military fight with Gaza. Gaza is involved in a terrorist fight with Israel. And that can happen in a war where both sides are fighting different wars. So Israel's fighting a military fight because they're targeting military installations, uh, terrorist installations that have uh, armaments, that have... uh, that have weapons and ammunition. They're blowing up places that have uh, that have that have terrorists and uh, ammunition and people and things that are designed to kill Israelis. The Gazans, on the other hand, are just launching missiles indiscriminately into civilian populations. That not only is a terrorist activity; it's a war crime, which is not being taken seriously at all or has not been taken seriously in the last two decades that they've been launching missiles into Israel proper by the United Nations or anyone else in the world. So so let's let's think about this for a second. If France decided that one day they were going to start mi- launching missiles into England because they felt there was some kind of territorial dispute, and they just started indiscriminately launching missiles into English uh, sovereign territory, into civilian populations, I'm fairly sure the United Nations and the rest of the world would be up in arms. If um, if Texas decided they were going to secede from the United States and suddenly la- started launching missiles into Oklahoma, uh, I'm sure the National Guard and the American military would be there in no time. And there would be condemnations from every country in the world. So, so one has to wonder, why is it okay for people of Gaza, the terrorists living in Gaza, to launch missiles indiscriminately into Israeli populations? And the only answer I could think of, the only answer that makes sense to me, is that Israeli populace is Jewish, and nobody really cares about Jewish life. Nobody really cares about the Jews. 
So since nobody cares about the Jews, taking Jewish life means nothing. It's totally irrelevant. Nobody cares. Nobody, nobody really, really has any heartfelt feelings towards Jews. Jewish life doesn't mean anything, nor is it worth anything. Therefore, it's okay to indiscriminately launch missiles into Jewish populations, and it's okay, and, and the world says nothing. Uh, imagine, imagine, just, just think about Spain launching missiles into, uh, in, in, into, into a neighboring country. The whole world would send troops to Spain to stop them from doing this. There would be countless condemnations. Yet, there's only silence when that happens to Jews. And there's been silence for 20 years. This is not new. Gaza has been launching missiles into Israel for 20 years already. Well, nearly 20 years, since 2005. It's a long time. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of missiles. And the world has remained silent. But if the Jews, if the Israelis, respond to these missile launches, respond to being attacked, respond and try to defend their sovereign territory, they're condemned as terrorists. Now, tell me this makes any sense. Maybe you could explain it to me. I, I don't understand it at all. one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. Maybe my conclusion that Jewish life means nothing, Jewish life is cheap, and nobody cares about Jews, is wrong. Maybe my conclusion is totally uh, out of whack. I don't know. But, but all I see, I could just tell you what I see. I could tell you my evaluation of the situation as as a observer and evaluator and uh, and a you know someone who understands politics. I could tell you that uh, that that from the way it looks, it seems that the world just doesn't care. The world just couldn't care less about the Jews, and that's really sad. It's really sad when you think about it. It's horrifically sad when you think about it. Why would the world not care about the Jewish population? What did the Jews ever do to the world? Aside aside from the obvious. That we got, we got the truth, and we, we we became partners with God. We we follow God's word, and we follow God's laws. Aside from that, that's the obvious. What else has the Jews done to to, to deserve this kind of treatment? I, I don't know. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. But the the lack of condemnation against the uh, against the indiscriminate attack on the Israeli population, the innocent population of the state of Israel, does not surprise me. I'm not shocked by the. By, by the lack of condemnations, that doesn't surprise me at all. Not even a little bit. Not even remotely am I surprised by this. Uh, because we are, we, are, we are living in a world, in a world that is getting increasingly uh, more dangerous, more ignorant, and, and, and crazier and crazier as, as time goes on. Now, I haven't been alive very long. I'm not that old. But I remember a time where the world was a little less crazy. Remember a time where, where people who yelled, you know, you must respect the science, respected the science. I, I remember a time where, um, where, where it was okay to take a subtle jab at, uh, at somebody without the worry that they're going to get up on stage and, and, and punch you in the face. Uh, I remember a time where, where, where it was okay for a comedian to make a joke that was a little off color or a little racist or a little this uh, for comedic value. I remember a time where it was okay for for people to 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 poke fun at each other. Those times are gone. They're they're history. They're they're times that I remember, times that existed in the past, but they don't quite exist anymore. 
Now we live in a time where eggshells cover the streets. And we must walk on eggshells carefully. Because something you said 20 years ago, something that was recorded that you, that you said 20 years ago, could come back and ruin your life today. Does it make sense? Absolutely not. But that's the world we live in today. A world that makes no sense. It's nonsensical. And it's a hard world to live in. There, there was a time where we, we allowed actors to act. We allowed actors to pretend to be other people for our own entertainment. Uh, this is what we expect from actors. We expect them to act to, to take a role, to act, and to, um, and, and, to be, and to be entertaining. And if we liked the, the, the way this actor entertained us, we went to see more stuff the actor did. If we didn't like the way the actor entertained us, we didn't go see more stuff, and the actor disappeared into oblivion. This was the way that that, that entertainment worked for centuries. Not anymore. That's not the way it works anymore. Unfortunately, in the, uh, in the crazy backwards world that we live in, all these things have changed. All our expectations have changed. There is now a, a big movement of, of people who are complaining about the stupidest little thing. I mean, I mean it's, 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 it's really crazy when you think about it. So um, there, there's a movie coming out where, and I feel stupid even talking about this. This is, this is total idiocy. Idiocy at its best. I mean, I haven't seen idiocy like this in a long time, and this is, this is, this is pure idiocy. Uh, there's a movie coming out where uh, they hired a non-Jewish actor named Steve Carell to play a Jewish therapist. Okay, I mean, uh, you know, we we've seen this before, where where non-Jews played Jews, Jews played non-Jews, uh, white people played black people, black people played white people. Oh, we've seen this, we've seen this all before. And and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work so well. But I mean that's entertainment. That's that's the that's the uh, the risk you take when you go and see a movie. So Steve Carell is playing a Jewish therapy, therapist in this movie, and, um, and and there are people complaining that he's not Jewish and he can't play a Jew in a movie because he's not Jewish. What? What? Uh, I I don't understand. Uh, I just I, I don't I don't I, I don't understand. It's it's mind boggling to me. I mean, didn't uh, did, didn't Ben Kingsley play a Jew in Schindler's List? Uh, nobody's complaining about that. And I could go on to a hundred different examples of non-Jewish people playing Jews and Jewish people playing non-Jews and other people playing other people. I mean, it's called acting. To pretend to be someone else. To, to get into a role and pretend to be someone else. Uh, I don't see why there would be outrage that a Jewish actor is not playing a... A Jew. They're calling it a Jew face flare-up, a Jew face conspiracy. Jew face? Well, we're comparing this to blackface? Really? We're comparing this to minstrel shows? This is the crazy world we live in. This is the insane world we live in. How do you compare a non-Jewish actor playing a Jewish therapist on a uh, in a movie to a whole movement of minstrel actors wearing blackface and pretending to be black and pretending and making fun of the black culture. It, 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 it's it's mind-boggling that somebody can make this connection, but yet here it is. Yet these same people that make this connection and say, oh, this guy's doing Jew-face, we can't see that movie, how, could you, how dare you, it must be cancelled, everything must be cancelled. Same people saying that said nothing 
two years ago when Netflix produced a roast of Anne Frank. Said nothing when 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 an actual Jew was being attacked by Netflix, a, a Holocaust victim, a child Holocaust victim, was being attacked by Netflix in a half hour show, or I think it was an hour actually, an hour show where so-called comedians were getting up and insulting Anne Frank. That was okay. That, there was no outrage. Nobody cared about that. But Steve Carell playing a Jewish psychiatrist? Oh, outrageous. Give me a break. Give me a break. What kind of crazy world do we live in? Don't we have better things to do with our time? Don't we have better things to do with our lives? Don't we have better things and more important things to think about? Rockets are being launched into Israel indiscriminately, into Israeli civilian population. Shouldn't we be focused more on that than Steve Carell playing a Jewish therapist? Does anyone really care? The world doesn't care about Jews. And trying to take other people's problems and, and, and make them our own just makes us look more pathetic in North America. The Jewish population in North America is pretty pathetic to start with. But this makes us look really more pathetic. This is, this is assimilation rage, manufactured assimilation rage. Uh, that's, that's what I like to call it, assimilation rage. It's like assimilation food. And I know we spoke about assimilation food before. Uh, Jewish food that looks like other food that we're not allowed to eat. So Jewish bacon bits, kosher bacon bits, and um, and kosher um, kosher shrimp. I mean, these are foods that we clearly are not allowed to eat, but we, we take kosher food and we make it look like that so that we could, we could pretend to be like the non-Jews. It makes no sense at all. It's, it's totally illogical. Why would you want to do that? If God told me I can't do something, then I can't do it. Why do I want to continue to do it? Why do I want to try to do it? Why do I want to pretend to be a non-Jew unless I want to be fit in and I want to be just like everybody else around me? That's called assimilation food. And this is assimilation, um, this is assimilation outrage. When, when you're trying to be like everyone else. And that doesn't work for me. That really doesn't work for me. I, I, I really don't buy into this this whole let's be outraged by everything by everything and anything. That, that, that's, that's, that's totally beyond me. There are so many things that we could actually be outraged about that when we choose minor, stupid little things, we look like fools. And I don't like looking like a fool. I don't like feeling like a fool. And talking about this stuff makes me feel foolish. one 669 1292 is the number to call. one 669 1292 Get in on the conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Uh, the phone call's on me, so feel free to call in. one 669 1292 So so this assimilation problem is, is, is massive. Uh, it's, it's not you. Uh, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, actually, I keep forgetting what year we're in. 30 years ago, uh, there was a study that came out that claimed that um, that the Jewish population would disappear by the year 2024. Now, we know that's not going to happen. We know that there are segments of the Jewish population that have uh, that have dropped out of Judaism, certain segments of the Jewish population that uh, that have backed away. But in general, in general, that's that's not going to happen. The Jewish population is going to stick around. Jews are going to stick around. But what, what type of Jews are we talking about? What, what are we looking at? Now, now a lot of people get into trouble a lot when I talk about this topic, but what, what are we looking at? Are we looking at Jews that are Jewish because biologically they're Jewish? 
or are we going to uh, we going to we going to uh, talk about Jews that are Jewish because they are Jewish. Like biologically Jewish is one thing, being Jewish is totally something else. So so I'm glad you're biologically Jewish. But if you don't believe in in Torah, you don't believe in God, and you don't believe in uh, in, in in the Jewish in the Jewish connection to God, then, then you kind of removed yourself from the Jewish people. Now, now I'm not saying you can't come back. I'm not saying that you're not Jewish. I'm just saying that you've removed yourself from Judaism. So, so it's great to call yourself a Jew, but what's the point? Why would you want to call yourself a Jew? Why, what what proud heritage are you if you if you don't follow any of the culture? What is your heritage? What, what, what kind of pride do you have in the heritage? It doesn't make any sense. And I love when people come and tell me, my great-grandfather was a, was a, was a chazan, was a, was a cantor in a synagogue and a rabbi. I said, great, but who are your grandkids going to be? And that's really where the big question is. Who are your grandkids going to be? Are they going to be Jewish? Or are they just going to say, I'm a Jew, but uh, I want to live like everyone else. I want to assimilate. Why do I have to be any different than anybody else? You know, if, if you're going to be like that, then a assimilated person, uh, then what, what's the point? And, and, and that's, really the, um, that's really the question I always have, is what's the point? I, I don't understand the philosophy behind somebody who, who, who claims to be a Jewish atheist, even though that's antithetical to, to Judaism. You can't be a Jewish atheist. It's impossible. It's the exact opposite of Judaism. Someone who claims to be a Jewish atheist, I always ask them the same question. What is the point? Why are you a Jewish atheist? What makes you a Jewish atheist? And, and why are you one? And, and uh, some people tell me that, you know, me questioning these people, me not accepting them, is wrong in today's society, and I, I really don't care. Today's society doesn't impress me. I couldn't care less about today's society. The reason for that is because today's society is totally insane. People are complaining that a non-Jewish actor is playing a Jew. This is insane. This is insane. You know, the lead character for the, the marvelous Mrs. Meisels, which everybody seems to love, uh, is not Jewish. You understand that. The person playing Midge Meisels, the amazing Mrs. Meisel, whatever, the marvelous Mrs. Meisel, isn't a Jew. Where's the outrage to that? Oh, oh, she's the main character. She plays a Jew. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, and all these Jewish people have watched the show. Oh, no, rip your eyes out. Come on, give me a break. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. Now, like I said, I, I don't think, um, like I said, we're, we're not removing people from Judaism. We're not saying that uh, the only people who remove themselves totally from Judaism, and and, and that's, the, that's the truth, uh, is, is people who say, I absolutely do not believe in God. I'm an atheist. There is no God. People who say that remove themselves from Judaism because uh, you can't be Jewish and not believe in God. It it's, it's, it's doesn't exist. Those two have to go together. Uh, Judaism is a monotheistic religion. If you don't believe in the monotheistic part of it, then then, then you're really not Jewish. All right, let's move on. Let's uh, let's let's move on because uh, because we can. And uh, I invite you to um, to to call in one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. So um so so one of my uh, one of my buddies just posted up uh, uh, you know about President Trump, the the past president of the United States. His uh, Mar-a-Lago, um, his Mar-a-Lago home, his home in Florida, was raided by the FBI today. And um, and raided raided by the FBI, and they're looking for documentation that he will. But, but, but we all know what's really going on, and 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 the truth is that what's really going on is that uh, there's a midterm election coming up, and 
the Democrats are slated to lose a lot of seats. So this is a this is a ploy by the Democrats again to try to discredit the Republicans. Right? This is what's going on. This is the uh, whole idea behind the, uh, the the January 6th commission. This is the whole idea behind the uh, behind this raid. It's all part of the plan to discredit Donald Trump and try to get him not to run again in, in 2024 because he'll probably win again and to um, to to try to knock down the Republicans as they look like they're going to take back the House and the uh, and the Senate in the midterm elections. So, um, you know, you, you could watch it and you could watch CNN and you could uh, you could gloat if you hate Trump. Who cares? Uh, but but the truth is that um, that they're not going to find anything. And the commission from uh, from uh, January 6th isn't going to find anything. And it's all just a big smokescreen to cover the fact that you have a demented, you have a demented uh, president, a, a president with Alzheimer's, running the country, who, who's destroying the place. And that the um, and that Republicans are going to win back the the presidency, and they're going to win back the the Senate and the Congress in the next couple of elections. So I mean, we'll take it for what it is. We'll see what it go, what happens. But mark my words, nothing is going to happen from any of this. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. I I I don't really I don't really want to talk too much about uh, American politics. If you want to call and discuss it with me, you could do that. But uh, I'm really not going to go off on too much of a rant on American politics. Um. Uh, Frank Frank uh, wrote a message saying you're 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 out only if you accept another religion. Uh, okay. I mean, like we 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 could split hairs here. But the idea that you that you are denying the existence of God pretty much removes you from Judaism. Uh, I'm not saying you in particular, but as a person, denying the existence of God would remove you from Judaism. Three pillars of Judaism: the belief that there's a God, the belief that uh, God gave you the Torah, and the belief that uh, that that you have to uh, you have to follow the rules in the Torah. Now, if you if you, if you take away if you take away the three pillars, I mean, then you have nothing. So. So, 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 being Jewish with no God doesn't make any sense. It's, it's, it's totally opposite of what Judaism is. So, so we could argue this point forever, but, but the truth is, the truth is that if you don't believe in God, you can't be Jewish. The same way, if you don't believe in Jesus, you can't be Catholic. If you don't believe in Muhammad, you can't be, you can't be a Muslim. Now, Judaism is probably the only religion in the world that you know that everyone splits hairs. And uh, oh well, what if uh, you know? What if I you know? What if I keep kosher at home, but I don't keep kosher outside, and I and I keep I keep Shabbat every two weeks instead of every week, and and I believe in God on Tuesdays and Thursdays instead of Mondays. Oh come on, come on! We we're the only religion that does this. Nobody else does this, and it's ridiculous. Uh, I, I'm 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 through with splitting hairs. I, I don't like splitting hairs, and I'm not going to do it. This is not how it works. If you don't believe in God, you can't be Jewish. If you say now, now if you're agnostic and you say I don't know, I'm willing to learn, that's a totally different story. But if you come up with a blatant statement and you actually believe it, there's not much left to talk about. It's the way it works. And uh, I don't care if <laughs> I had a friend. I had a friend who uh, who who. who <laughs> okay, we're not friends anymore because he heard some of my shows. But I had a friend who um, who who grew up in a traditional Jewish home and then decided that he didn't believe in God. And uh, he was on the show a few times. We spoke about it uh, years and years and years ago. And, um, and and I said to him, I said to him, I asked him the same question. I said to him, listen, I said to him, uh, do you really not believe in God? Or are you um, or are you saying you don't believe in God as a rebel? Uh, just being rebellious, just trying to be opposite of what your, um, of, of what your upbringing was. 
His answer to me was interesting. He said, listen, I don't believe in God. There's no way that God exists, and I don't believe that God exists. And I said, great. You don't have to. I mean, it doesn't bother me. I don't care. But then you can't call yourself a Jew. He says, but I go to synagogue every Yom Kippur, and I fast on Yom Kippur, and I follow some of the rules of Shabbat, and I, uh, and I do good deeds, and I try to do as many good deeds as I can a day. He said, so that makes me Jewish. That's my Judaism. I said, but that's not Judaism. That's your Judaism. That's not Judaism. I don't know what it means to say that's my Judaism. Judaism has a set of rules. It's a club, and you join the club, the club has a set of rules. And if you don't follow those rules, then then you've removed yourself from the club. It's a private club. <laughs> you have rules. If you don't follow the rules, you, you're not part of the club. It, it seems so simple to me. Uh, so, so somebody who puts on a uniform and, uh, and pretends to be Hasidic and then goes out and, um, and, 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 and commits all sorts of crimes and, and, and does so, all sorts of immoral things are not a religious Hasidic person. It's a person wearing a uniform. Anybody could grow facial hair and put on a hat. It's how you act. It's, it's your behavior. It's, your, it's, it's the way you function that, that determines where you are when it comes to religion. So if you decide that, okay, I'm not going to follow any of the rules and I'm not going to do anything at all and I don't believe in any of this stuff, then I don't understand why you'd want to be associated with it. I, I don't believe in Christianity. I don't think that Jesus was the Messiah. And I, I'll publicly state that anywhere. I don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. I don't believe in Christianity. Uh, therefore, I do not call myself a Christian. I, I don't believe in it. I don't call myself a Christian. I don't believe Muhammad was, 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 was a prophet, and I don't believe that he got a New Testament from God, and I, I just don't believe in it. So therefore, I am not a Muslim. So, so it works the same way with Judaism. If I don't believe in the Torah and I don't believe that God gave the Torah to Jewish people and I don't believe that, that the Torah is the word of God and, and, and is the will of God and this is the, what we have to follow, the lifestyle that we have to follow, then the same way that not believing in Jesus excludes me from Christianity and not believing in Muhammad excludes me from Islam, not believing in God and the Torah excludes me from Judaism. I, there, there, I, I don't understand how there could be any discussion on this it just seems blatantly obvious. Yet we like to we like to we like to split fine hairs. Oh, but I was born Jewish. Judaism said I was born Jewish. It's right there in the Torah. Yeah, yeah, it is. But if you don't believe in the Torah, then it doesn't apply. So so the basis of everything is the belief in the Torah and the belief that the Torah came from God. If you don't believe in those two those two fundamental principles then you can't point to the Torah and say, it says in the Torah, or the rabbi said, or this said, or that said, because everything the rabbi said and everything that says in the Torah goes back to one thing, the rules that God gave the Jewish people. And if you don't believe in God and the rules that God gave the Jewish people, then none of those rules apply to you. If they don't apply to you, then you're not Jewish. And we could go in an endless circle of, of, of splitting hairs and arguing finer points of everything, but but these are the basic these are the basic you know, at least the ground rules, the basic ground rules. You want to play baseball? The ground rules are there are three you know there 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 are, three, there are four balls and three strikes. It's not five balls and six strikes. It's four four balls and three strikes. Those are the ground rules. If you can't accept the ground rules, you can't play baseball. I I I don't know. It's mind boggling that that anybody would be arguing this, but 
there are always people who are going to argue it. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. You can argue with me uh, on the phone if you want. Uh, if you disagree with me, that's fine. I, I don't mind talking to you. We can have a nice discussion. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. So let's um, let me talk about birthright for a couple of minutes because I, I think um, I think it's important that uh, that we talk about this. There's a story out of Australia about birthright. And um, and and there were a bunch of people who went on to birth went on birth right, who got really upset that they were staying in a suburb of Jerusalem, not Jerusalem proper, but in the suburb of Jerusalem, that was past the um, the the green line they called the disputed territory. It was in a disputed territory they called the settlements. Now now. Jerusalem is a, is a big municipality, and some of the uh, some of the little towns in you know around Jerusalem that are associated with Jerusalem uh, may fall technically into into what um, what what the Arabs call occupied territory, even though all of Israel is occupied territory according to the Arabs. But but whatever. Um, so so this little town that they're staying in, uh, they considered in occupied territory, whatever that means, and. Um, they demanded to be released from the trip, so they 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 they, they left the trip. Now, now you have to understand, birthright trips are are free. They're given free. They were normally they used to be given free to just Jewish people. Now they're given free to anybody who wants to go. Uh, and um, and and they're run by the UJAs and the CJAs and the federations of whatever towns these uh, these places are going for. And so here we have a, uh, a bunch of people, and this is not the first time that people have left birthright. Some people go on birthright. Just to just to argue with them and leave them and cause a big fuss uh, for the media, they they want to destroy these trips because Jews shouldn't be visiting the Holy Land. They say not while there's a conflict going on. And birthright doesn't learn from these problems. They don't learn from this stuff, and they they continuously allow this to happen on their trips, which to me is is counterproductive. There should be a better screening process. If you're taking people on free trips, there should be a better screening process. And there should be a, a mechanism in place that if you leave the trip early over some political dispute or some some religious dispute or some dispute that uh, that could have been resolved uh, with a simple conversation or a simple glance at the itinerary, because I'm sure that Birthright didn't change their um, didn't change their, their their itinerary in the middle. So if you um if you uh, if you didn't resolve your issues with a simple look at the itinerary or a simple conversation with the with the people at Birthright, then you should be forced to pay for the trip. That that's that's the way I think. Um, there are plenty of people who want to go to Israel and uh, and who should be able to go on these trips, but don't get to go because they're full. Who who could go if these if these activists didn't go to to just mess things up? It doesn't. Yeah. It's just so stupid. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the world has gone really dumb. And I know this was my initial complaint at the beginning of the show. But, but the more I, I go over these stories, the more I read about these stories, the more I talk about these stories, the dumber and dumber and dumber I realize the world has gotten. And I, I wonder sometimes... How 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 it's functional? How how the world still functions with such dumb people running the place? It's 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 mind-boggling to me. And, and I don't know I don't know 
how to resolve this in my own brain. I don't know how to get the, how to get over this 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 feeling of despair that I feel sometimes when I uh, when I see these articles and when I when I go over these news stories and when we talk about this stuff, this feeling of despair that I get that the that the world is is crashing down around us and and nobody's listening to Chicken Little scream that the sky is falling. It's uh, it's it's mind blowing. Now, on my political hitman show, we, we I talk about really strange stories. Um, and one of the stories that I spoke about, I mean, just exemplifies, one of the stories I spoke about last show just kind of exemplifies what I'm talking about here. And uh, I'm sorry for those of you who heard it on political hitman last week, but I'm, I'm going to repeat the story here only because it's such an infuriatingly... I mean, it, it, it just, you lose brain cells thinking about this. The story is basically a, a Rhode Island restaurant decided that it was a great idea to comment on the, uh, on the heat wave that they've been experiencing by putting up a meme on Facebook, so a picture with a caption on Facebook. The picture was of Anne Frank. Somehow everyone always beats on Anne Frank. So the picture was Anne Frank. And the caption on the picture was, it's hot as an oven out there. I should know. I know. I know. It's it's beyond revolting. There are no words to describe how disgusting of an image that is for a restaurant to post up as, an, as a joke. And... I, I've been thinking about this story. I, I did the story on uh, Political Hitman last Wednesday, and, and I've been thinking about that story since Wednesday. The, the restaurant, of course, got a lot of flack for it. A lot of people started complaining, and uh, and there was a boycott organized, and the restaurant eventually backed down, took down the picture, and apologized. But is an apology enough? Really? Somebody had to... Th- I mean, I, I just keep thinking about the process that was involved in, in, in doing this. In producing this, somebody had to sit down and actually produce the meme. They had to create the the picture, the image, take the image of Anne Frank and then write that caption and put it under. Then somebody had to look at it and say, oh, that represents our restaurant. Let's put that up. And then somebody had to post it. Now, it could have all been the same guy. It might have just been one person. I don't know. I don't know what the functioning of the restaurant is. But whoever did it either was extremely ignorant about the Holocaust, but it wasn't because the joke of the, uh, the the Anne Frank joke he was making was that it was so hot outside that Anne Frank could relate to the heat because she was in an oven in a concentration camp. That was the joke. So if that was the joke, then the guy knew exactly what he was talking about. So does that, uh, that just makes him evil, doesn't it? It's an evil joke. Does that just make him evil? You know, it's hard to put people like that into a category, and I know we don't have to categorize everyone, but but people who make jokes like that, people who 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 behave like that, people who 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 express their who express those kind of things in public, or even in private, there's a certain level of uh, of of of. Uh, you know, I, I even lack the vocabulary to to describe the the kind of person that would do something like this. Yet they do exist. I mean, I was at a comedy show just for laugh show uh, during the during the festival. I was at just for laugh show a couple of weeks ago, 
And there was another Holocaust, Anne Frank, because they always pick on Anne Frank. For some reason, they always pick on Anne Frank. Another Anne Frank joke in middle of a, in middle of a set. And I sat there, and I sat there, and I, I watched this comedian tell this joke. And then the comedian said after he told the joke, I mean, the place was dead silent. Nobody laughed at it because Holocaust jokes are not funny. So nobody laughed at a Holocaust joke. Everybody was sitting there in stunned silence. And the guy looked at the audience and said, well, it's okay, I can tell these kind of jokes. I'm Jewish. What, what does that mean? What does it mean you're Jewish so you have a license to tell Holocaust jokes? Who gave you a license to tell Holocaust jokes? Who gave you a free pass? Why does it, and I see this a lot, I hear this a lot. Why do people always feel that they have a free pass to be racist, they have a free pass to be, to be, to be, to be hateful, they have a free pass to say whatever they want about their religion or about their people? Because, hey, I'm part of them, I, I'm the religion, I can't be insulting myself. Who gave you a free pass? Who, who gave you permission to do that? Now, there's no central Jewish permission committee that, that gives permission for people to do stuff. But but can't we be disgusted by this? Can't we condemn this? Can't I say I condemn these kind of jokes? I, I don't think they're appropriate. We should be looking at reverence to people who were murdered in the Holocaust. These are murder victims. 1.5 million children were murdered in the Holocaust. Over 6 million Jews were killed in total. Shouldn't we look at these these murder victims with reverence? Shouldn't we, shouldn't we be remembering them? Shouldn't we be defending their memory? And when you paid to go see a comedy show, you shouldn't be subjected to jokes like that. But you are. And it's only Holocaust. I mean, because nobody jokes about slavery. Nobody, nobody jokes about the Armenian Holocaust. Nobody jokes about, uh, uh, about, about, about a genocide somewhere else. Why are dead Jews funny? Why is it okay to mock dead Jews? Why is it okay to make fun of Jews who are dead, who are killed, who are murdered? And why doesn't the Jewish community, whatever that means, why don't individual Jews get up and protest, get up and... Get up in the outrage. We should all be outraged by this stuff. But yet, nobody is. It's, 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 it's mind-blowing that we allow this stuff to happen. Well, the comedian that made that Anne Frank joke at the Just for Last Festival, I mean, that was the last joke he made. He bombed. That joke bombed, and... Uh, and it basically flashed him off stage. So he, he basically said, thank you very much, goodbye. And he, he was gone really quick. But there was no apology. There was no, there was no word from the Just for Last Festival apologizing for, for that joke or for anything else. Not that I think that people should apologize for jokes or for anything, really. But, but if it's good for the goose, it should be good for the gander. So if, if we're going to force apologies... Uh, for everybody who insults anybody who says anything about anybody anywhere, then the same should apply for the Jewish people, shouldn't it? But it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. Even at Oceaga, so last week there was the Oceaga Music Festival in Montreal, and a rapper got onto stage with a swastika shirt on, 
and uh, I don't know. It was uh, it was a shirt that said "Destroy Swastikas" or a shirt that said "Swastikas Destroy." I, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see the shirt, and I I really don't care what the real details are. The fact is, the guy walked onto stage who was wearing a shirt that was that that, that that had the image of a swastika on it. Now, should we be insulted and offended by a swastika? Probably not. Swastikas didn't kill people. People killed people. So, so I don't think the imagery should really offend me. I, I'm not offended by imagery. I, I don't care. If somebody wants to wear a swastika, I think it's disgusting. I think it's revolting. But I'm, I'm not. I'm not insulted by it. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not hurt by it. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't shock me. Uh, I'm. I can't say I'm overly comfortable with it, but I'm. I'm just not outraged by it. So, so the guy came out with a swastika shirt. A bunch of people left. They walked out. They didn't stay for the concert, which I congratulate those people who walked out of Oceaga and who left after paying hundreds of dollars um, for to buy tickets and walked out when this guy came up with a swastika. Congratulations. I mean, that was the right thing to do. You want to show your disgust to an entertainer, uh, walk out on them, don't buy tickets, turn off their show. That'll show the disgust to the entertainer. So so those of you that did that, congratulations. I, I applaud you. I mean, the whole audience should have done that, but the ones who did. So, so... Now, now we talk about apologies, so so we see that you know that that people are apologizing for everything, every little thing. Everyone's getting apologizing. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, Oshiaga came out and said, "Hey, listen, you know, it was misinterpreted. It was actually an anti uh, an anti swastika shirt, and uh, those who were misinterpreted, I'm sorry you misinterpreted it." So shifting the blame from the person who wore the swastika shirt to the audience who who were offended by the swastika shirt. That's that's the way Oshiaga handled it. And even the rapper himself said, hey, listen, you know, it was just a knockoff of a shirt that was created in 1977. And so uh, so you shouldn't really be outraged by it. So, of course, stupid peons, you were outraged by it. You shouldn't have been outraged by it. It was just a stupid, dumb shirt that I wore that that, uh, that dates back to 1977. You don't like it too bad. I mean, OK, so everybody else gets like a, a groveling apologies and the Jews get a, you know, you're too you're too sensitive that, you know, that a third of your population was killed in World War II and that we're, we're standing here on stage uh, wearing the symbol of the people who killed a third of your population. Jews are too sensitive about that. You're too sensitive that, you know, that there's a child victim, a very famous child victim of the Holocaust who wrote a diary so everybody knows about Anne Frank and that she hid in her attic and then she was sent to Buchenwald and died. Um, I mean, this is, this is, uh, and we, we're, we're too sensitive when, when you go and you, you, you produce a Netflix roast of Anne Frank an hour-long roast where comedians come out and and insult a child Holocaust victim that that we shouldn't be outraged by, and we shouldn't be outraged by the fact that um, that 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 a a rapper decided to come out to a big music festival wearing a swastika shirt. You're too sensitive, really. I don't think we're sensitive enough. Like I said, it doesn't really bother me all that much. The imagery doesn't bother me that much. The Anne Frank thing bothered me more than the swastika thing. Because I think we, we, we need to we need to defend the memory of the victims of the Holocaust. They, they they can't defend their own memory, so we should we should be standing up and defending the memory, especially as we get farther and farther and farther away from the Holocaust, we should be defending them more and more. It's it's the most amazing thing. And and I don't know if anyone's ever explained it. I, I don't know if I could explain it, but it's the most amazing thing to me. That it seems that the the, the Jews are the only ones that have to defend victims of massacres when Jews were massacred, of genocide. 
I mean, nobody's going to the Hutus and making Hutu jokes about about the genocide, about about their genocide. Nobody's talking about Somalian genocide and making jokes about Somalis. Nobody's making jokes about Armenians and and and, and the massacre and the genocide that Armenia went through. And, but but they're making jokes about the Holocaust. So so why is it okay to make jokes about dead Jews? But not okay to make jokes about other people, dead or alive or anything else. It, it all goes back to the same, the same envelope that we started to show on. It all comes back in a big circle. And, and the big circle is that that Jewish life is cheap. Nobody cares about Jews. Nobody cares. Rockets are indiscriminately falling on a civilian population in the middle of Israel. Nobody cares. No condemnations. Nobody's sending their troops to, to stop the gassins. No UN emergency uh, security council meetings. Nobody cares. All the media is covering is that Israel is launching missiles into Gaza. Nobody's talking about the missiles being launched into Israel. The same way nobody talked about the missiles being launched into Israel for the last 15, 16 years. Since the Jews left Gaza and deserted their uh, quote occupied territory and gave it back or gave it to and didn't give it back but they gave it to the Arabs living there but nobody gives Israel credit for that and nobody cares that they use that land as a launching ground for missiles to destroy Israel and yet we're all supposed to care about a comedian who who who's who's starring in a in a, in a movie who's not Jewish and now is uh, is playing a Jew in a movie. That should be outrageous to us. I, I'm at a loss. I mean, you know, I I get on, and, and we're going to be on nightly. I mean, this is just the way the show goes. Get on night after night after night after night, and we talk about these things, and and the more I talk about them, the dumber they're getting. And, and, and it hurts my brain to talk about this stuff. It really hurts my brain. It hurts my brain not because this stuff is happening, because this stuff has happened for centuries. So things that are happening is nothing new. It hurts my brain because of the apathy of the Jewish population. And everyone likes to say, well, what did you do? What did you do? What did you do? But nobody likes to say, what did I do? Remember, John F. Kennedy said, ask not what your country could do for you, ask what you could do for your country. And nobody's asking, what could I do for my country? What could I do? What could I do? I mean, I could get on here and I could scream. I could arrange for Israeli generals. I could give you all the information in the world about uh, about about what's going on between Israel and Gaza. I could get on Israeli politicians. I mean, I, I'm capable of doing all this stuff. I, I don't bother, but I'm capable of doing all this stuff. And the reason I don't bother is because because even you know, talking to a politician in Israel about the Gaza war is is talking to a propagandist. So. So I, I'm not. I have no interest in talking to propagandists. I, I don't care what propagandists have to say. I remember years ago, um, during the last uh, Gaza war, or two Gaza wars ago, I and mean, we've had lots of Gaza wars. Um, during one of the Gaza wars, uh, a I was still on Radio Shalom at the time, so it was a while back. Uh, the the um, the uh, the management of the station arranged to have a. Um, to have a, a Israeli general on my show. And before he came onto the show, we were um, we were sitting, we had to talk before we got on the show, I had to talk to him 
Uh, he wouldn't come on the show unless he talked to me off air first. So we had a conversation off air, and he said to me, listen, there are certain questions you can't ask me. And these are the questions. He gave me a list of questions, a full list of, full itinerary questions I wasn't allowed to ask him. And I looked at the list, and I said, well, okay, so I'm not allowed to ask you about any of this? And he says, no, you can't ask me about any of it. I can't answer any of these questions because uh, there's government censorship, and this is what it is. So I can't answer any of the questions. I said, all right. He came on the air, and, um, and I'm looking at the list of questions I'm not allowed asking him. And I say to him, how you doing? And he says, I'm good. And I said to him, really, you're in a safe place? He's like, yeah, I'm in a government shelter. I said, okay, thank you for coming on to the show. I wasn't allowed to ask him about anything else. There was nothing I was allowed to ask him about. So going through the whole hassle of getting an Israeli uh, uh, member of parliament or Israeli you know, general onto the show, uh, and they give me a list of stuff they can't talk about, there's really nothing left to talk about. We ended up talking about, um, with that general, we ended up talking about um, about tanks and, and, and airplanes. And, you know, is it better to attack with a tank or to defend with an airplane or defend with a tank and attack with an airplane? We're talking about military strategy, but not military strategy in regards to that war, just military strategy in general. Uh, because there was nothing else he could, he could tell me. There was no information he could give me. So I don't bother. I don't bother going out and getting these guests because they're pointless. Almost as pointless as talking about um, a man who, uh, who uh, a non-Jewish actor who's, who's, who's working a job and pretending to be a Jewish therapist in a movie that he's in, and then uh, people, people complaining about that. That's kind of pointless too. So, uh, I mean, I hope the world gets smarter. I really do. I really hope that uh, that that. There are, there are more intelligent things to talk about than the stupidity. And I hope that the world starts realizing that Jews are valuable, and that our life is as valuable as everyone else's lives, and that, uh, and that firing indiscriminate rockets into civilian populations is not acceptable, not to Jews, not to anybody else, not to Israelis, not to Arabs, not to anybody. And, um, and maybe, maybe a condemnation would be nice from, from, from some country, I mean, Canada it would be nice if Canada condemned it. It'd be nice if the United States condemned it. It'd be nice if, uh, if if there were some condemnations and some offers of Israel. I mean, even though Israel will never accept them, but some offers to help Israel, uh, you know, defend themselves. Some offers to, uh, I mean, Egypt negotiated. Uh, look, this is the stupidity of the whole thing. Is Egypt negotiated a um, a ceasefire, and, and both sides agreed to the ceasefire, and then. Um, and then uh, five minutes after the ceasefire came into effect, the Hamas launched more missiles into Israel. So tell me if this makes sense. I don't know. Anyway, I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Feel free to download the True Talk Radio Network app from your favorite app store. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow night right here on the True Talk Radio Network. I thank you for joining me. I'll see you again tomorrow.